You're listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast, dedicated to bridging the gap between alternative healthcare and mainstream medicine in utilizing everything good to help you feel great. We're glad you tuned in. Now here's your host, Dr. Michael Pound. Dr. Kelly is a licensed professional counselor with a PhD in psychology. She is the founder of Fit Shrink and a weight loss consultant for women of all ages, sizes, and fitness levels. With a focus on mindset and sustainable health, Dr. Kelly turns motivation into reality by using her 10 years of professional experience and blending it with the practicality of her own weight loss journey and her passion for fitness. She's also come up with lifestyle strategies to successfully manage polycystic ovarian syndrome. Please welcome my guest, Dr. Kelly. Good morning. I'd like to welcome on our show today, Dr. Kelly, who is here to tell us how to how she helps people heal better fast. But before we get into that, I first want to talk a little bit about how she got into what she does. So, Dr. Kelly, welcome to the show. Thank you. Great to be here. So tell me a little bit about how you got into your profession with a background in psychology. Absolutely. It, you know, it was something that sort of progressed uh, step by step over time. Uh, I started as a licensed professional counselor and continued my education into uh, getting a PhD in psychology. And so I did a lot of counseling over the years. I've been a licensed professional counselor for almost 15 years. But what I found in my practice was that more than a diagnosis, what a lot of people needed were was help with getting healthy and, and getting getting their sleep back on track and getting their diet into something that was manageable. And a lot of times when we got those factors in place, a lot of the anxiety, depressive, uh, depression symptoms, those sorts of things sort of cleared up. And so I realized that, that there was a, a unmet need here. And, and that was to help people get their lifestyle changes in place. And then they started to feel better. So it sort of evolved into the coaching so that I could reach more people because a lot of people feel a little bit nervous about going in for counseling unless it gets to a really, really severe sort of situation. And, and so I decided to, to get into the coaching so I could reach more people with the same strategies that I used in my practice. And what are those strategies? You know, it's, it's a lot of different, in a way, very simple sorts of things. I don't, I don't believe in any kind of fad diets or, or quick fixes or anything like that. Um, you know, getting healthy is something that is, is a process. Uh, and not only did I see this in my practice, but I struggled with my weight for many, many years. And, and at one point I was 200 pounds and my doctor said, you know, it's not a matter of if you're going to get diabetes, it's when you're going to get diabetes and you needed to make, you need to make some changes. And so I'm coming from a place of personal experience as well. And, and so when I make these recommendations to my clients, this this is coming from personal and professional experience. And so those recommendations are start simply. Don't don't try to tackle everything in one day. Don't try to do a complete overhaul of your diet in one day. Don't try to just go crazy in the gym and, and hurt yourself and you can't walk for three days. None of those factors are helpful, especially when we're talking about motivation. Because let's face it, so many people know what they need to do and they sort of have that spark of inspiration, that spark of motivation, but making it happen in the long term, that's, that's where people sort of fall away. And so by putting in these simple strategies early on and being okay with those modest wins early on can help you achieve the lasting lifestyle changes. 
So let's talk about that a little bit more. I like what you said about, uh, well, it sounds like you've been through quite a transition yourself. Sure. I, I, well, I have PCOS, polycystic ovary syndrome. And as a result, you know, the weight sort of came on quite suddenly and, and it became very hard to, to get off without some real serious and very consistent, again, with that, you know, very consistent, that's the key, those lifestyle changes. And, and what I realized was that I did have to make some changes. Otherwise, the, the consequences in the long term for me were going to be pretty severe, you know, heart disease, diabetes, all these other things that are pretty much guaranteed if you don't treat polycystic ovary syndrome. Um, that was what was on board for me if I didn't make those changes. And I did. And it took several years. I had to slowly, step by step, change my diet and learn to deal with the emotional eating that I also had and and make those changes steadily. And as a result, the weight came off, you know, spent time in the gym and I learned how to, to be comfortable in my body and be comfortable in, in the gym and exercising consistently. And over time, the, the weight came off, I lost 75 pounds and I've been able to keep that off. And at the same time, all of the symptoms of PCOS that I had fell away as well. What about when you're talking with clients who have kids and they don't have the time to go to the gym and work out? How would you address that situation? I, I think that the, a lot of times we run into the the, the resistance of resistance of, of exploring different options. For a lot of people, they think, okay, well, I don't have time to go to the gym, so I don't have time to get healthy because a lot of us spent a lot of time in the gym before we had kids and now it's an impossibility. So what, what we have to do now is just explore other options and get comfortable with maybe it's, it's running around our neighborhood or maybe it's doing some, um, some body weight exercises at home. The key to that though, especially when you have kids or you have a really busy lifestyle is to do it consistently, set aside a time every single day. And the easiest way to do that is to attach it to something in your routine that's already established. So for example, you may want to crank out some push-ups right after you brush your teeth. And when you can connect those habits, it's something that becomes more consistent over time. And you don't have to spend as much mental energy reminding yourself to get it done every day. What would you see as the biggest pitfall that people run into who you're counseling with? I think the biggest pitfall is not putting yourself first. And and this is true, especially with the executives that I coach. Um, a lot of times their, their job comes first. It's very demanding. You know, we wake up and we've got 70 emails in our inbox and, and it feels very, very um, stressful and, and upsetting and demanding. We have to put that first, but, but in reality, we have to force ourselves to make that change of, of setting up structured time for ourselves first. And what, what every single client that I have worked with on this, what they have found is that they're more productive, more focused and happier in their jobs as a result. And it doesn't take two or three hours in the gym. It takes, you know, 25, 30 minutes of exercise in the morning to set the tone for the day for success throughout the rest of your day. You talked a little bit about in the beginning about achieving health. What would you say, or how would you measure that? How would you measure health? Because health is it's a great idea, great concept, but how do you measure how a person has achieved health? One of the things that I have found most fascinating is that when somebody gets into a consistent diet and exercise plan, and, and nothing crazy, you know, just a nice, modest diet and exercise plan, their numbers really improve very quickly. So we're talking about blood pressure, um, resting heart rate, 
And, you know, maybe, maybe their weight starts to come off more slowly, but, but the blood pressure and resting heart rate improves dramatically. They're getting more sleep much right. more readily. And those are all really important indicators of health. And, you know, the, I mean, quite frankly, you know, we're not all going to look like a 20 something fitness model and that's okay. We don't need to get to that point to be healthy. And, and so if our, our numbers are in check and, and your doctor's happy with, with the way that, you know, your, your blood pressure and all your cholesterol, all that stuff looks, um, those are really good indicators of health. And I think that's what we really most need to focus on. Mm-hmm. What, what kind of diet do you follow? Well, uh, I'm personally vegetarian, but that's not a necessity by any means in order to achieve health, in, in my opinion. I think that the best diet is one that, again, is, is modest. It's got whole foods, um, uh, you know, it's, as little as possible in terms of processed foods. I, I think that the most important thing is to make it something that you can stay consistent with. Uh, I'm a big fan of tracking your food. And the reason for that is you do get that feedback very quickly about the food choices you're making and how that relates to perhaps your stress levels or, you know, if you use food as a coping strategy. Um, and, and I think that's a really important feedback tool uh, using the tracking. Um, so really a modest, a modest diet, nothing crazy. It usually works for most people. I mean, some people, yeah, with a, with the guidance of their doctor or nutritionist or something like that, they might make some more significant changes, but um, but just a consistent diet of you know protein, healthy carbs, healthy fats. That's that's really the way to go for most people. Now, do you have kids? I do. I have two. They are ten and eight. I prepare uh, basically a separate meal for for them and myself. They're not vegetarian. Um, but really, that works out perfectly fine for us. Um, you know, I'll I'll make, you know, some quinoa or some rice or something like that, and I'll make a a pot of uh, stir fried vegetables or you know something similar, and and so I'll enjoy that for dinner, and then they just add their protein to it in in a way that works for them, and and so I don't really stress over that very much. I think a lot of people get into what I call the food fight. And, and I'm, I'm simply not going to fight with my kids about food. I think that, that having a good, healthy mindset about food is really more important than winning a battle every single night at the dinner table. Yeah, we're kind of the same way. I've got four boys and they're all different ages. Oh, okay. And I swear they have all uh-huh. different taste buds, right? If mm-hmm. one does like one thing, the other one will not like it just because the one likes it. And so <laughs> we, we got to the point where I, I was like, we cannot make different dishes for everyone, but we do kind of right. cycle through what each one of them likes. And uh, with an emphasis on you've got to, you've got to be able to try new things as well. Okay. I know you don't mm-hmm. like this, but you got to try this. One of my kids loves mushrooms and another one is very against mushrooms and, and he can <laughs> smell mushrooms a mile away. But my wife kind of snuck it into a um, veggie dish once. And, mm-hmm. and when the one who didn't, didn't like mushrooms thought it was meat, even ate it. And he's like, oh, this is great. He thought it was just a meat and uh, uh-huh. was none the wiser. It's definitely, you, you can't, like you said, you got to pick your battles. And I think that that's really oh, yeah. important when it comes to uh, household, household health. Absolutely. Absolutely. And, and you make a really good point too about the, the texture and, and, and kind of being creative with that part of it. You know, there's a lot of things that kids will or won't eat based on how it's presented or how it's prepared. And, and so sometimes, you know, 
working with that a little bit can help them be more open to trying new things. How do you address that when you have clients who's kind of slip into their old habits? The first thing we're going to do is revisit their big reason why. You know, everybody has a reason why they want to get healthy, whether it's, you know, I want to get healthy so that I can spend more time, more energetic time with my kids, or I want to get healthy because I'm really scared of the outcome if I don't. Whatever that is, at the outset of working with someone, I help them really tap into that and, and get to a really core feeling about it. And, and so when, when you start to get off track, number one, that's perfectly normal and it's almost expected. Everybody does. And, and number two, when that happens, it's not an if, but when it happens, it's really important to revisit that why and get back in touch with it. Because what we know about behavior change is that you can think about changing your behavior all day long, but if you can get in touch with the emotion about it, you're, it, it's so much more efficient to make that actual behavior change when you tap into the emotion behind it. And, and so, I mean, I'm, I think you're talking about mindset here and, and mental and emotional blocks. Mm-hmm. So, and that's, I, I think they're pretty similar, right? I mean, whether you oh, think yeah. you can or you think you can't, you're right. But, you know, that's just a slogan. Actual actions are a little bit different. So let's say mm-hmm. that mindset is the missing piece. What's your key to getting someone to be able to be in the right mindset? And, and you're talking about the why, and I believe that's important. Mm-hmm. I, I believe most people can identify that. But when it comes down to action, what's the, what's, mm-hmm. the, what's the reason people take action? What's the reason your clients actually achieve success? The reason my clients achieve success is that, number one, we celebrate the wins, any win, small wins along the way. Too many people make the mistake of holding off, celebrating or congratulating themselves or feeling good about their progress until they reach their goal. And nobody can sustain that, that focus for that long without the, the feedback and the, the boost of celebrating wins. And so, you know, somebody goes a week maintaining the strategies we set out, that's a win. Somebody goes to the gym and spends 10 minutes there when they really didn't want to that day. That's a win because we're going for consistency. And so when we talk about mindset being the missing piece, it's all about staying focused, staying consistent, nurturing that motivation. And the other thing is, is that my clients are really honest with me about when they do fall off track. I think a lot of times they sort of want to brush that under the carpet and, and not really, not really focus on that very much, but we'll do a deep dive into, okay, so you got off track. You haven't been to the gym in a week. Tell me what's going on and let's hop back on the horse as quickly as possible. And, and so what happens is they learn, okay, I'm off track. They and get really mindful about it. I'm off track. I need to get go, get going again. And I know the steps that I need to take to get back on track. And so that's something we practice a lot in the coaching sessions so that they can take that and make that a lifestyle strategy that, that will keep them healthy and keep them on track in the long term. Would you say maybe that your clients are successful because they have that accountability portion? Oh, certainly. Accountability is a big piece. Um, but I do think that the account of, there's, there's a right way and a wrong way to do accountability. I think a lot of um, a lot of coaches and a lot of programs set up accountability so there's a, an element of shame when you don't achieve what you set out to do that week, and I think that's disastrous. And and so what I like to do is is set up accountability as more of a positive thing, 
and and where it's open and it's empowering and we we wrap it up with with learning something from it you know there's there's no such thing as failure as long as you get back up and try again and and that's how i like to approach that accountability so it's something that you can really draw a lot of energy from rather than feeling bad about and kind of shrinking away from this has sort of evolved and it's something that um the a group that I, I really enjoy working with are executives. And the reason I love working with executives is because executives are familiar with, with uh, the whole idea of mindset. They're driven. They're accustomed to achieving what they set out to achieve. And a lot of the executives that I work with have made the mistake of putting themselves second, like I mentioned before. And I am absolutely thrilled to help executives basically have, have their cake and eat it to just, just achieve everything because a lot of them come to me and it's like, everything else is great. My, my work is great. Business is great, but I'm really sick and I'm not sleeping and, and my blood pressure is through the roof. And so this is something that I really enjoy working with and, and helping executives not only achieve their health and wellness, but we also relate it to a lot of the leadership strategies that they already are using in their work. So it's just a really exciting dialogue to have. Now, do you have a uh, physical practice or are you doing most of your consulting over the phone or on the internet? I do my consulting over the phone, although um, there are a few, a few cases where I'll go into, into corporations and companies and do one-on-one spot coaching that way. You know, there. I think one of the things I enjoy most is that people really get surprised by how, how simple it is. Um, I think one of the, the toughest situations I've had are when, you know, I've had a client um, make some progress and then she has an injury that's totally unrelated to anything that we're working on. And so she sort of gets away from it. And then she heals and gets back on track and everything's going really well again. And and then she gets sick, you know, it's, it was flu season and everything else. Um, and so there's this back and forth. And so that was really tough because, you know, when you see the results and then they fall away and you see the results again and they fall away, it's just really disheartening sometimes. Um, one of the things, though, it's, it's kind of like uh, I, I have the image when I was working with her the image of kind of a trick rider, you know, where they can sort of pretend to fall off the horse and tap the ground and hop right back on. Mm hmm. That was the silver lining in in our time together was that she learned how to hop back on faster than anybody I've ever seen. And so that was a really exciting thing to see uh, in, as far as outcome. Yeah, that's great. So let's get personal again. Uh, let's talk about something that you do on a daily basis, a ritual or a habit or something that you um, like eating on a daily basis that you would say is a big contributor to your own success and health. Oh, goodness. Um, two things. Number one, I run every single day. And, and I, I don't run the same time. You know, I, I, I set aside 30 minutes to run. Sometimes it ends up being 20 minutes. Sometimes I'm not really feeling it. And it's, it's just, you know, a 10 minute check-in. Um, but I set aside that time and most of the time it's a good full 30 minute run. And that, but that's just, that's a given. Everybody in my family knows that I'm going to go out and run every single morning. The other thing that I do that I think is really key to my success in terms of keeping my weight in check and, and staying at my goal weight is that I still log my food every single day. Now, nothing is etched in stone there, 
But what I have found is if I pre-decide my meals for the day, I have a much easier time staying on track with my goals. And, and I'm not locked into anything, you know, I, I'm not locked into a meal plan per se. I still have the flexibility of, of, you know, different schedules and different events going on. But by taking five minutes and just being really mindful about how I intend to eat that day, it really does help stay focused and stay consistent with my eating habits. Now, are you logging on like a pen, like pen and paper or on, on a digital? I use my fitness pal. All right, now for the tough question. So what's your guilty pleasure? <laughs> uh, wine. <laughs> ah, there you go. I do, yes. But, you know, and, and again, this is something that, you know, I like to have a glass of red wine. And, um, and when I know I'm going to have a glass of red wine in the evening, I go ahead and log it first thing in the morning. It sounds kind of silly to, to log wine at, at 7 o'clock in the morning. But if I plan for that and I structure the rest of my meals and snacks around that, then I don't have to feel guilty about it. So it works out really well. So you've got a book coming up next, or you had a book come out last month, right? And uh, so let's right. talk a little bit about that. Tell us what it's about, uh, where they, where people can find it. Absolutely. It's called Thriving with PCOS, Lifestyle Strategies to Successfully Manage Polycystic Ovary Syndrome. And this is a, a comprehensive overview of the mindset strategies and the lifestyle strategies of getting healthy when you have PCOS, because what we know is that lifestyle changes are actually the number one thing to focus on when you're trying to heal from PCOS. Medication can help, but if you don't have your lifestyle in check, then the medication is only going to be able to do so much. So I go through the mindset and, and not just the what to do, but the how to do. And, and so it's just, it covers everything from diet and exercise to dealing with social anxiety, um, you know, if you've got some more physical symptoms of it. And uh, that's available on Amazon. So for people who aren't familiar with that, what are the signs and symptoms of someone who may, may have that and just hasn't been diagnosed yet? Um, there are a few telltale signs, although your doctor really does have to diagnose it officially. Um, cause there are a few other things that, that can sort of mimic it, but what we tend to see in women with PCOS is, um, weight gain and, and really, it's really difficult to take weight back off once you've gained the weight with PCOS. Um, you can have irregular periods and, um, you know, some women will go for months or even years at a time without, without having a cycle, um, there's issues with excessive facial hair, um, cystic acne, uh, and and so there's there's a lot of different things that can go along with it. And um, but the the good news is that lifestyle strategies, lifestyle changes, combined with appropriate medication, can really help you put it into what I like to consider remission. It won't ever go away. It's a it's a syndrome, but if you follow these strategies consistently you can really have excellent results and, and have these symptoms go away. Well, it sounds like you've taken an integrated approach to your own healing and trying to do as much as you can on your side, as well as allowing mainstream medicine to be able to help out when you can't. Definitely. That's the best way to go. In fact, I have a whole chapter in the book about that, working with different providers and, and making the most of those relationships. All right. So if people want to learn more about what you're about or connect with you, where would you tell people to go? 
the, the best two places to connect with me are my website, which is FitShrink, F-I-T-S-H-R-I-N-K, FitShrink.com. Or you can find me on Facebook, again, at FitShrink. Excellent. You know, I just realized when, when I looked at your website, I was thinking fit shrink from, from being smaller, but then I, I realized what you do now. That makes a lot more sense. <laughs> right. Yeah. It, it worked out really well. Well, Dr. Kelly, the, this has been a great, great interview. I really appreciate you come on, coming on and sharing your insight with our listeners and wish you the best with the book, best success. And hopefully, like I said, if anyone wants to connect with you, fitshrink.com will include the link to the podcast episode. And again, thank you for taking the time to be with us today. Thank you. Appreciate it. Thanks for listening to the Heal Better Fast podcast at www.healbetterfast.com.